We're going to go right into the series that we're in right now that uh, we're very excited about called The Cross, The Cross. So get your notes out. Let's go right into our text this morning. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And, and really, let me just stop there, and I didn't last week, but many of us, we try to get into these arguments and debates with people on social media and out there in society. You're trying to convince and defend your faith. You're really just throwing a lot of air out there because the cross to those that don't believe is foolishness. They don't get it yet. And don't expect unbelievers to think like you do and believe like you do because they haven't found the power of the cross yet. Keep sharing the gospel, share your story, just don't let it get under your skin. You with me? And so he's saying, for the message of the, is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so how many are thankful for the cross in your life today? Amen. Amen. You see, as we shared last week, the cross of Jesus is the foundation of the Christian faith. The cross reveals to us the true person and character of God. When we honor the cross, we're paying tribute to Jesus who not only died for our sins, he not only gave his life for us, but he also bore our sins in his body on the cross. The Bible said that you and I who now have become sin, we now accept Jesus. He bears our sins in his body on the cross that he who knew no sin now became our sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. He paid the ultimate price. And every time we honor the cross, we're honoring the price that he paid on that cross for us. And so last week I shared with you that the cross first calls us. The cross calls us. And I took you on a journey of salvation and the steps to that, that final outcome of transformation taking place in our life that it started with a knowledge of God, that just someone gave us a word, someone gave us a track, someone, we heard a message, we heard a sermon, something happened that just caused me to look to Calvary, to look to Jesus, and that knowledge led into different experiences that eventually became a transformed life. And how many today can say, I may not be where I wanna be yet, but God's transforming my life. I'm not where I was, I'm not the person that I used to be because I was called by the cross. But once we understand that calling of salvation, God wants to bring us to the second part of that journey, and that's called confirmation. That the cross calls us, but it also confirms us. And I want to talk to you about that today. Go with me to 2 Peter, and it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Here's where I want you to really go with me on this scripture. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and his goodness. So God says, I'm gonna give you the power through the cross, I'm going to give you the power of everything you need, he's saying to us today, to live a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us. That How many in here found out you couldn't do this by yourself? How many tried to be good all along? Tried to quit doing that and tried to quit doing that and tried to overcome that hurt and tried to get past that offense and you couldn't do it, but God says, I'm going to give you the power to make that happen. I'm going to do that for you. 
Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And what God is saying here is he's going to unleash his power inside of us when we hear this call of, first of all, of salvation, the call of the cross, and then once we're saved and we're in that transformation mode, God says, I now want to confirm you. There's a call of the cross to bring confirmation in your life, and in that, I'm going to give you the power. I'm going to put in a power and authority inside of you that's going to give you the faith that you need that you're going to reach out and grab hold of the promises that I've given you in my word, that you're going to be able to live a life that's a transformed life. You're going to have the glory and the experience of God taking place in your own personal life. And again, how many can look at yourself in the mirror today and go, it may not be perfect, may not be everything I want to be, but man, am I looking at a different person than I used to look at three, five, ten years ago. Why? Because God's manifesting his power in our life. And in, to understand the scriptures, you can put it kind of like this. God's saying that I've got these very great and precious promises that I want to make available to you. And here's some things that I want you to do. And if you do these things, these promises are yours. And it's kind of like how many in here have teenagers? How many have to tell them to mow the yard every week? I mean, you don't ask them. You got to tell them and remind them. Right? And then watch go outside and watch them do it. Okay? But how many's found out that if you told that teenager, look, if you if you just cut the grass every Saturday morning for these three months in the summer, I got your brand new Mercedes sitting over here waiting for you. You don't even have to ask. It's cut. Why? There was a promise connected to it. God is saying, too many Christians, you're out there. I want to confirm you today. I want to confirm that my promises are available for you today. I want you to begin to see them like that carrot dangling in front of you, that here's the promises, the promises of your health, the promises of your healing, the promises of your finances, the promises of my joy being full inside of you, the promises of your dreams and your desire. Every promise in my word is right here And I want to let you know that I want to confirm you today that I'm going to empower you. There's four things I want to talk to you about today that God says I want to infiltrate in your life and confirm in your life and bring a a confirmation in your life. And if you get these four steps, he says, every promise in my word is yours today. He wants to confirm that inside of you. Number one, I want to talk to you about this confirmation. You see, confirmation means to establish the truth of something previously believed. Because how many of you, when you got saved and you accepted Jesus that first moment of salvation and the preacher got up and told you everything that the Bible promised you and you just said, that's mine, and then some of it hadn't happened yet? Anybody? And how many kind of the enemy will come in and get you wearied and well-doing? And get you beginning to question, is that even possible for me? Is that mine? Or is that not mine? What's the truth? Come on, am I talking to the right church? And confirmation when God, when the cross confirms us, what he does is he confirms those promises back into our life. And we start looking for them again. Because they're still there. They just hadn't come to you yet. But that doesn't mean they're not coming. 
And so I want to talk to you today about four areas that the cross wants to confirm in your life to put you in position to receive these dynamic, precious promises of God. Number one is your identity. The cross wants to confirm your identity as an individual and as a person. The prophet Isaiah said, fear not. Fear not, for I have what? Redeemed you. That was last week's call of the cross. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God wants to confirm your identity of who you are. That listen, everybody look at me for a second. God knows your name. He knows you by name. The Bible says he knows the hairs that are on your head. He knows the number. He knows everything about you today. He called you by name. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. No matter how you got here, no matter what brought your mom and daddy together, it doesn't matter. God says you are special. You are somebody. I've got your number. I know your name. And then the prophet goes on to say in Isaiah, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. Anyone ever felt that? But he says, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands you are continually before me. God says, not only do I know your name, he said, I've got your name written on the palm of my hand, that you're every day continually before me. Do you know the number one theft in our society today is identity theft? The number one attack of of thieves today is to steal your identity, and here's why they want to get on your iPad or your iPhone and be able to steal your identity, because if they get your identity, they own everything about you. They own your mind. They own your finances. They own everything. They've got access to everything about you. Can I tell you the number one theft that the enemy is trying to bring into your life today is your identity? That if the enemy can steal your identity, he owns you. If he can steal your identity as an individual, he owns your mind, he owns your thinking, he owns your will, he owns your emotions, he owns your finances, he owns your health, he owns everything about you, and that's why God's coming in and he's going, no, 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 that can't happen. We've got to start right there because nothing else can happen in the kingdom until you understand that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made, that God said, I knew your substance before you were ever formed in the womb of your mother, and before you saw one of your days, I knew every one of them in their fullness. God said, you're special to me. I know you by name. I've got your name written in the palm of my hand. You're continually before me day and night. I know who you are. You're special, you're special, you're special. And until you can look in the mirror and say that about yourself, the enemy still owns your identity. But God says today, I want the cross to call you back into a place and let the cross confirm that I'm a son and a daughter in the presence of Jesus. He loves me. And here's what I want you to get today because confirmation brings affirmation. And I've preached this many, many times, but we deal with a church full of broken and hurting people at times. And all of us or most of us have come out of that brokenness somewhere in our journey. But many of you here never got the affirmation of a father 
But God is saying, you're special. I want you to identify who you are. People hurt you. People offended you. People lied to you. People brought pain into your life. And you went out and you did things. Listen, drugs, addictions, sexual activity outside of marriage, sexual identity, all of those issues are people searching for the affirmation of a father that they did not receive in the home. It's a proven fact. And God is saying today, I don't want you looking out there any longer. There's a call from the cross saying, I want to confirm you. I want to affirm you as a father. I want you to know how special you are. And when you let the father affirm you, all of a sudden those strongholds that you to have control over your mind and your thinking no longer exist. And that that you used to believe, you now receive. My wife and I were just at my... uh, uncle's house in Quincy, Florida, where I was born. And my grandmother lived there. And we went back to her house where we would spend all the summers and holidays and, and, and go there. And some of you know the story, but we went to my grandparents' grave and, and just spent some time there with my uncles and all, and just talking our family. And we laughed, we cried, we told stories and we did it all. But as a 12 year old boy, my life was drastically changed in the woods behind my grandmother's house by three men that caught me out there hunting and they tied me to a tree and they didn't sexually molest me. They did everything but that. They played Russian roulette with me and put a pistol in my mouth with one bullet and spun it and pulled the trigger three times. I've got scars on my body where they burnt me just to listen to me scream and cry. And from age 12 to 38, I was owned by that. My identity was based in that pain, nightmares, dreams, anger, all those issues that come with that. But at age 38, I heard the call of the cross, and God confirmed me as his son. And my wife, for the first time, I've been there three times and sat at the tree where that offense took place in my life to bring healing into my life. I've driven over there three times just to sit in those woods to just keep building that healing. But for the first time, my wife stood with me, and we sit there and looked at the place, looked at the area where that offense took place in my life, and it had no emotion whatsoever. There were no feeling. There was nothing there as God had healed me of that womb. And my identity is no longer based on what somebody did to me. It's based on the call of the cross and the confirmation that the cross brings into your life. And I want to tell you today, until you let the cross confirm you, you will dwell as the owner of somebody else owning your life rather than letting God be the owner of your heart and your life. And let him affirm you today through confirmation. Number two, he says, when you let me confirm you, number two, he said, I want to confirm your faith. Once I confirm your identity, And you know who you are in me. Now I want to confirm your faith in me. And here we see the scripture, Paul says, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. That once you've identified who you are in Christ, God says, now let's work on this faith issue. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. God says, I want to confirm this strength in your faith. I want to build this faith back up in you. He says in Galatians, but Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And here's what he says here. I mean, look at it. Scripture says, He has locked up everything under the control of sin. Every area of your life 
that has been manipulate, manipulating you and controlling you and harassing you, and, and uh, whether it's addiction, whether it's mental pain, whatever it is, God says everything under the control of sin, I've locked it up. Hallelujah. I put it over here in a prison. It can't touch you anymore. Come on, somebody needs to say amen to that. I've locked it up that it can't control you so that what was promised Remember those earlier promises we read about? Being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. The call of the cross today is confirm your faith so that you can begin to walk out those promises that God says, I've locked up. I've put in a prison cell those negative words that were spoken over you. They can't get into your mind any longer. I've locked up that offense that hurt you so bad you wanted to take your own life, but I wouldn't let you. Because I had a destiny. I had a plan for you. I had purpose for you. I knew you by name. I had you written in the palm of my hand. When you went out there wanting to do crazy things, I had angels that already camped around you that no harm could come near your dwelling place because I knew this day was going to come where I'd transform your life because of faith in the word of God. God said, I want to come and confirm that kind of faith inside of you that'll let me lock up all the lies of the enemy and the destructive patterns of the enemy. I want to lock those up and I want to release of faith inside of you that will let you believe once again for the promises that I've given you in my word because every promise that's in my word is for every person that will believe. Amen. God wants to unleash that, that faith inside of us today. You see, confidence in God's promises is the way that we plug into God's power. He put it like this, exceedingly, abundantly, above what we can ask or think. God's got ready for us today. Thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I can ask and think pretty big. Yeah. Come on, any big dreamers in here like me? I mean, when you say boat to me, I ain't thinking John boat. You know what I'm saying? We're going yacht here. You know what I mean? When we say bow, I'm not thinking about no little bow. I'm talking Matthews here. You know, hunters know what I'm talking about in here. We're going Cadillac, all right? And we got to come today and realize that God's saying, that's what I want. I want to increase your faith. There's a call of the cross that I want to confirm your faith that you're not in survivorship any longer. You're in conquering mode. You're believing for the impossible. You're getting that raise that you didn't think you could get any longer. You quit believing for it. You're getting that promotion that you had stopped believing for. That miracle still coming to you. You, you quit praying for it because you prayed so hard and so long you hadn't seen anything, but I want to confirm your faith. I want to reignite your faith. I want to set that fire back in your spirit that that suddenly still can come, that though I haven't seen it, yet. It can still come. God can still do the impossible. He can still heal what doctors can't fix. He can still bring finances out of nowhere. I shared last week, we had a lady in our church this past week. She went into her bank account and there was over $40,000 that had been deposited into her account and she didn't know where it come from. She didn't know what happened. She started making phone calls to see if it was real and it was from a job that she had like 30 years ago in New York City and it was a retirement account that she didn't even know they had been setting aside for her when she worked there and all of a sudden they found her and deposited over $40,000 in her account. Now, I'm signing up for that. I don't know about you. It happened. She's a member of our church. 
That's exceeding abundantly above what you could even, how many, I'm not even thinking that right now, but I'm starting to. God's saying, I just want you to dream again. I want you to believe again because every promise in my word is for you. So he wants to come and confirm our faith. Number three, once he gets us to understand and let him confirm our identity, who we are in Christ, we're somebody special. And then we let him begin to confirm our faith that we begin to believe again like we did when we first got saved. And we start expecting God to do things that just doesn't seem like they can happen in the natural. And they can't, but God can do it in the supernatural. And we start believing for that. He says, then I want to come over here and I want to confirm your future. I want to start confirming. The cross wants to confirm your future. Jeremiah, and we use this scripture often, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you. How many, how many take that? How many sign up for that? Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God wants to begin to confirm your future. You've got to come and realize today that God's got an amazing future planned out for you. The Bible, as I said earlier, he said before you even saw one of your days before you were born and you even came into life and as an infant, you had no idea what was gonna take place in front of you. God said, before you ever saw one day, I saw every one of them. I have great plans for you. I wanna bless you. I wanna prosper you. I don't wanna harm you. I wanna bless you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be favored. I wanna prosper you in health and finances and mind, your marriage, your family, your children. I want to bless you. Your future is going to be dynamic. It's going to be great. My uncle, he came over, and he's a great, great Christian man, and he's been one of the, the spiritual leaders in my life, my whole life, and I was kneeling down at the graves of my grandparents, and he come over, and he put his arm around me, began to talk, and, and he, he just knelt down there, or didn't kneel. He stood there with me, and I stood up, and, and he looked at me, and he said, never would we have dreamed when you were born that you would be a preacher. But he said, isn't the plans of God amazing? Never would we have thought that. But God has a future. God has a plan for you. And I want to tell you today, let the cross begin to confirm your future. Quit letting your past tell you what your future is going to be. Quit allowing failure to define where you're going to be tomorrow. Stop allowing hurts to define where you're going to be and what you're going to be in the future. God says, I've got great plans for you. I've got a future for you. I've got amazing things planned for you. And the cross wants to begin to confirm that so that you're not waking up every day feeling like it's Monday. Thank God it's Friday. God's saying, come on, you got to get out of that. I want to get you out of that mindset of survivorship and, and just making it and, and just like, oh, my God, if today's misery wasn't worse than yesterday's pain, it's a good day. No. God said, I've got a future signed up for you. I've got great things planned for you. I want to confirm that so that you'll begin to receive what you've stopped believing for. Because confirmation is to reestablish what we once knew, but we've stopped believing. God says, I want to reignite that belief in your heart. Are y'all with me today? And God wants to do that because some of you have gone through some tough times lately. And it's been hard. It's been stressful. And that'll take away your faith. It'll take away your excitement. It'll take away your belief system. 
And God's saying, I want to confirm that faith back in you. I want to confirm your identity. And then I want to confirm your future. I want to reignite that hope inside of you that I've got great plans for you. And how many would raise a hand today and go, the enemy's been really working hard on stealing that away. That, that it's just like every day's become survival. Every day it's not enjoyable. And we've all been through those seasons that so don't feel like you're the only one in the world that's there. We've all been there. And if God lets us live long enough, you'll hit it again. But then he comes back and reminds us, you know how I took care of you then? I'm going to take care of you now. I've got your future. I've got your future. I've got your future. I've got you in the palm of my hand. Don't worry about it. Just do the things I've asked you to do, and the promises are yours. He's got our future. Then last of all, he wants to confirm your purpose. See, we switch those and put them backwards. We put purpose and future Because we think if we find our purpose, we can fulfill our future, but you'll never search for your purpose until you believe in your future. You'll never look for your purpose if you don't think God has your future. Because you see, we've reversed it because we think our happiness and future is found in us and our purpose, but our purpose is found in knowing we're in God's will for the future. Are you with me? Because that takes the responsibility off of us. I don't have to be good enough. I just have to be real. I don't have to have all the answers. I just have to obey. Now it's up to him. And God's got purpose that he wants to reconfirm. He wants to confirm it in your heart and in your life. Things that, that the enemy spoke to you a while back, and it didn't happen all at one time or happen yet, and the enemy's taken away your dream. He's taken away your purpose and your plan. And God says, I want to reconfirm that. I, I want to affirm my purpose and my plan in your life. We see it in Scripture in Proverbs 19. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a person's heart. We've all got plans, don't we? And, and how many have had things and they didn't happen yet? But God says, I've got plans for you, and those are the ones that are going to prevail in your life if you trust me and if you'll believe in me because I've got purpose for you. So you think you're on that job because of a paycheck, and God goes, no, it's far bigger than that. There's a ministry here that I've already established. There's some people that need to hear the hope of Jesus, and I put you here for a reason. Why are you out there working in that heat and that sun on that job that you hate? There's some people out there that need Jesus, and they're going to be internally lost if they don't have you in their life. Why do you have that boss that just irritates you because he needs some light and salt in his world, and you're it? Why, why all these things? God says, I've got purpose. I've got purpose. I've got this reason that I want you to find. He says in Exodus, but I have raised you up for this very purpose. I've raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. And God's saying, I've, I've got purpose for you. You may be a mechanic. You may be a construction worker. You, you, you may be a secretary. You may be a school teacher. Whatever your occupation, whatever the gifts and the passions that God has placed within you, those are tools that God has given you in order to reach and fulfill his divine purpose in your life. 
And God's saying, I've got this purpose. I want to confirm this purpose in your life. Because when you connect with your purpose, you find the satisfaction that you're looking for. Because money's not going to give that to you. Now, I like money. Money sure makes the purpose more enjoyable. (laughs) Right? But that's not my happiness. My happiness is walking out my purpose. Because how many of you have had that job that paid good money? You left it because you were miserable. Because happiness can't be found in money. Happiness is found when I know I'm fulfilling God's purpose in my life. I'm making a difference. I'm making a difference in other people. I'm making a difference in my family. I'm making a difference in my neighborhood. I'm making a difference in my church. I'm making a difference where I work. I'm making a difference wherever I go. I've found my purpose. I've got my niche. I know why I'm here. He made me somebody special. I realize today my identity is not found in what other people have said or done to me. My identity is found in the person of Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate price so that I could be free in him. My identity, when I find that, It leads me into an understanding of my faith that he confirms that my faith is not in man, it's not in money, it's in him, that his promises are real for me today, that every promise God has in his word is mine today. I want you to say that with me. Every promise that God has in his word is still my promise today. And God wants to confirm our faith that we begin to reach out once again and believe again for those promises and we begin to watch God fulfill them in our life and when I begin to walk out that faith all of a sudden I find my future that God's got something amazing for me that this isn't a life of turmoil and struggle only those days are going to come but joy is going to come in my morning I'm connecting with my purpose I'm realizing my future is great I'm realizing today that God's got great plans for me I'm going to look differently at my job I'm going to look differently at the people that God's placed in my sphere of influence and I'm going to begin to fulfill my purpose in God. I'm going to declare his power. I'm going to speak forth under the power of his word. And I'm going to watch God deliver and transform and change people's lives. Had a precious family in the last service. The mother or the grandmother came about three weeks ago. And she said, I've passed by this church for four and a half years. And I never stopped. And she said, all of a sudden, she said, just something kept telling me, you need to go in that church, go in that church, go in that church. And she said, three Sundays ago, I came in. And she said, all I did was cry. She said, I cried. She said, y'all got to get some tissues up here toward the front. She said, because I don't cry all week long. And then I come in this church, and all I do is cry. I said, that's some good tears, sister. And she cried. And she gave her heart to Jesus three weeks ago. And she never owned a Bible. And we just got her a Bible with her name on it. You'd think I gave her a million dollars. But today she brought her daughter and her son-in-law and the, and the grandchild. And her whole family got saved today in the second service. And, and what was so funny is the grandma's over there boo-hooing. The daughter's sitting next to her boo-hooing. And the son-in-law's trying not to boo-hoo. And he's just... Today, the whole family say, You don't know why? She found her identity. He reestablished her faith. She started seeing a good future. And she grabbed her purpose. And today, her whole family is coming to Grow Track tonight to celebrate and get on their Christian journey. God's got great plans for you. Come on, God's got great plans for me. He's got great plans for you, not to harm you. Not to take from you, 
but to give, to bless, to prosper, and to give hope. Today, don't let the cross just call you to salvation. Let it confirm your faith. Let it confirm you. Let it confirm your identity. Start looking in that mirror and loving that person you're looking at. Because if you don't love you, don't ask anybody else to. Start loving that person. Start falling in love and know that God's got your name written in the palm of his hand. Start looking for a good future. It may have been tough the last few years. It may have been a hard journey for you. Start looking for a new future. Start speaking it over your life. Let God confirm that. Grab your purpose. Let's go make a difference. Let's change somebody's life with the glory of the kingdom. Amen? You receive God's word today? Come on, let's thank him for his word. Amen? I forgot these three in this. I can't quit, and I'm already over my time. But here's three promises that God gives. If you go to 2 Peter chapter 1, and I read the 1 through 4, but if you go down around verse 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, he tells us some things, and he says, if you fulfill these four promises that I gave you, if you find your identity in the cross, you let the cross reconfirm your faith, you let the cross confirm your future, you let the cross identify and confirm your purpose. He said, I got three promises for you. Here they are. He said, number one, he said, you'll never live unfruitful. You will never be unfruitful in your life. Number two, he said, you will never stumble again. How many would like that one? And number three, he said, you will receive and inherit the eternal blessing of the kingdom now on earth and in heaven. Come on, how many receive those three blessings? He said, they're yours. They're yours. If you just let me confirm these four areas of your life. So, Father, right now, I pray, God, over this body. And we've done it at times, but I felt to do it today. And I want to talk to you just for a moment as Christians. If you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I've looked in all the wrong places for that affirmation. I didn't get it at home. I didn't get it in the Father. I didn't get it. And I'm not going to live my life looking in the wrong places to be affirmed and confirmed. But today I realize that Jesus knows my name. He's got me written in the palm of his hand. I'm before him all day, every day. And today I just want to receive that affirmation of my Heavenly Father. I'm not going to live out here alone and feeling alone any longer that's you, would you just slip a hand up as a Christian? I'm talking to Christians right now. Thank you for the courage to do that. Because I want to tell you, I was that guy. I was that guy from 12 to 38. Angry and mad and bitter and hurt and wounded. Was preaching to thousands around the nation and then going to hotel rooms and crying and begging God for my own healing. My own freedom. One day I quit looking to man to heal me and I met the cross. Amen. Jesus did a healing in my life today that's genuine and pure and real. And he wants to do the same for you. I'm not trying to hype it. I'm just telling you. There's a healer in the house today. He knows your name. He knows your pain. And he wants to bring it to an end. So Father, I pray. I pray for closure today. I pray for closure, God, in minds and emotions that God have been deeply wounded. 
God, we can sit and try to explain it to people and they don't get it if they haven't been there. The struggle's real. The pain's real. But God, I pray for these today that I can identify with and I thank you today, God, that you're a God who you, you reestablish our identity in you. It's not based on what somebody else has said or done. And I pray that over these, God, that have raised a hand today, that, Father, that they'll find that healing and that true comfort and that true closure for that mindset, that mentality, that, that stronghold that the enemy has had in their life, that, God, you'll bring an eternal, eternal, complete closure and freedom into their heart, mind, and spirit today. In Jesus' name. How many hearers, heads are bowed? You would raise a hand and go, Pastor Dan, I need to start at number one. Because today, I, I just need a new beginning. I need a new start. We've had about 11 people give their hearts to Christ today already. You say, I just need to make a decision today that Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm not where I need to be spiritually. And today I realize and recognize that I need to make a choice. And today I need you. Pastor, I just want you to pray for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray a prayer with you. And if that's you right now and you say, Pastor, I need a new beginning. I need a new start. Pray for me. I'm not a bad person. I'm just not in a good place spiritually. And I want to make that difference today. I want to make a decision. Pray for me. If that's you, would you slip a hand up and you can put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. Wow, hands going up all over this building today. I need to make a choice. I need to make a decision. Jesus loves you today. You can sit in church for 20 years and never know Jesus. But today, let's know him. Let's know him. Will you pray this prayer with me? We're going to pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, you said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess, if I would believe, I could receive. So Jesus, right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, old things have now passed away. All things are now new. I am, come on, really say it. I am a new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, we give him praise today for all these that have prayed today. We